0: Welcome again to the Illenials Podcast. Uh, bonus episode. It's a bonus episode number two. It's uh, it's me again here, Smith. Uh, you know me, and I'm here with Seth. That's the other guy who's on this podcast.
1: The, on bonus episodes, I have no titles. Okay,
0: cool. That's good to know. I'm regular Seth
1: on bonus episodes.
0: I'm going to remember that in the future. Um, but yeah, so we're doing a bonus episode where once again we have watched a piece of media. We have consumed it. Uh, this will not be um, in the same tone as our first bonus episode because this is a, this is a, a piece of media we did not enjoy very much. We made
1: an incredibly short-sighted and stupid decision. Well, let's, let's to waste. I'll go ahead. What about ten hours of our life? That's
0: about it's twenty episodes. So yeah, about there.
1: So, yes. so let me get
0: the story real quick before we get into our topic. Um, we were here, this was before Seth moved, and I was, I don't know, doing something, and Seth decided to... Oh, wait, to, one oh, second, oh, go ahead. There, there's a little bit of
1: backstory. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was when I was, you know, still there with Smith, I was at home, and I really couldn't fall asleep one night, so I was up, I was up uh, later than everybody else in the house, and I was just on Netflix, so I was like, hey, let me just check out some shit that's on Netflix. And I've been trying to do this thing where I don't only watch stuff that has good reviews on, like, Rotten Tomatoes and Reddit and stuff. I want to just even watch stuff that people don't like just to see, no, oh, maybe the reviews are wrong. Maybe it is good. Um, so I decided to watch a Netflix show called Disjointed, um, which, if you don't know what it is, it is a... It, it calls itself a workplace comedy that's set in a pot dispensary starring Kathy Bates. And part of that is true. It does star Kathy Bates. Um, and I watched the first two episodes, and it was awful. It was, like, one of the worst things I'd ever seen. And this is where your part of the story comes in.
0: Uh, I guess I was doing something here, uh, and you decided you wanted to try and annoy me with uh, that we, we were in the same room by turning on Disjointed in the background. And uh, it, got me, it got my attention. I turned around and watching it, and I finished that episode, and it was, boy, it was a slog.
1: Um, and I was like, you know what? Play another one, and and I'll quote you. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm going to make this show make sense."
0: And I mean, here we are. You know, twenty episodes later, ten hours of our lives gone. We've watched all all of this joint that there is on Netflix,
1: and it was a it was an experience. I try never to say that I wasted time. I think there's always something you can gain. From spending any time doing anything, but this is this is ten hours that I sh- wish I could get back.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not the best use of time I've ever I've ever
1: made. I'll put it that way because it kind of went from we were watching it because it, it was it was so bad that we like we kind of just had to know what happened next, and even, that is still true. We still did watch every episode. We kind of just had to know where the show was going to go. Um. And we've come out the other side um, with a different view. Uh, with, it, especially within the last five episodes of the second part, they didn't do seasons. They did it in a two parts. Whatever the fuck that means, that was weird anyway. And within the last five episodes of the second part, me especially, I became undone. <laughs> and it, um, I'm very, I was became very glad that it was gonna be over.
0: I mean, I think that uh, I think that the experience of us watching it remotely, uh, uh, into different places at once, probably detracted from the experience because, you know, we couldn't both be in the same like we were in the same psychic space. We're not in the same, you know, meet space where we could just be like, "What the fuck, man?" We couldn't exchange those looks of disgust and disappointment with yeah. the show. But for those of you who don't know. Um, disjointed is a uh, a netflix program netflix original uh and it's made by uh, chuck laurie of a tv fame most famous probably for uh, big bang theory wouldn't you say big probably? bang theory and two and a half men yeah two and a half men big bang theory two uh just awful shows just yes. utter
1: dreck but wildly popular
0: now I, here's the thing I, I don't have the criticism of big bang theory most people do or like oh it's making fun of not most people but like nerds Like, oh, it's making fun of nerds, it's bad, it's dumb. Wait, I think you're holding back one term they use. I have seen some nerds refer to uh, Big Bang Theory as nerd blackface. And every time I hear a nerd say that, I want Big Bang Theory to go for three more seasons and win, like, a fucking Emmy or some shit. Because fuck people who think like that. But this show is... Is Chuck Lorre's take on a stoner comedy, I guess, and also he gets to finally use curse words in his show. Yes. Um, except for one little problem, just a slight little issue. You may have noticed this too, Seth. I don't know. Is that Chuck Lorre has never smoked weed or he spoken has to anyone? He has
1: never smoked with smoked weed, and he's never been around someone who has ever even thought about smoking weed. Yeah, because there
0: are people on this show who we know smoke weed. What?
1: Yeah. One second. Before okay. we get into it, let's run down the cast of characters. Oh god. First of all, you've got Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. She's she doing plays, work. Yes. Uh, unsurprisingly, acting circles around the rest of the cast. She plays um, Ruth. She, Ruth Whitefeather. What's her last name? Some, it doesn't matter. She plays like the doctor of because K- it's medicinal kind of place. She plays the healer. She calls herself. There's uh, Travis. Her son her black son. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it in a weird way. He is black and he's her son. It's like a, there's a, something else like I got th- to talk about with her husband and stuff but we'll, or her old boyfriend whatever. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Then we've got Kyle, the security guard. It's not Kyle, it's Carter. He we've is, got Julie, the Asian girl.
0: I don't think, I think her name is Jenny actually. And then we've got Margaret, the white girl. Oh shit, I don't even remember her actual and name. then we've got Peggy, Mm mm. The dude who grows weed. You made that okay. Well, you didn't make up the character, but you made up the name. How much of that did I get right? You got about. You were you were good <laughs> up until you said up until after Travis, and then you went off the rails a lot. But, I don't care. Um. Yeah. Disjointed. Yeah. The, the 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 cast of characters are mostly unappealing and uninteresting people. Um. Like, what do they even do? Like, most of them are called bud
1: tenders. Which yes. I suppose is their clever term. And I can't, and that's that's one of the, there's many problems with the show, but one glaring issue from just making a television show, we're not even going to get into how they get a lot of th- stuff about not only uh, the effects of marijuana, but marijuana culture wrong. The one thing it does terribly wrong as a show is none of the relationships seem special or fleshed out.
0: Mm-mm. No, none of them.
1: It's like, one of the things I was saying when we were watching last night is, like, if you were to watch The Office, and um, all the people, like, all the faces were taken out, like, you were just reading dialogue, you, especially if you'd seen the show, at least a couple of seasons of it, you could tell who was talking to who. Because the dialogue is very different, and it's, and it's uh, dependent on the people's relationship. However, everyone on this show talks the exact same, no matter who they're around, and you could just mix and match anybody in, and it wouldn't matter. No one is distinct in any way possible.
0: You know what, Seth? We, for, we forgot somebody. We forgot we, for, we forgot three characters in the show we need to talk
1: about. Oh no, I know two of them. Uh-huh. Who's the other? Oh, okay. I know who all three you're talking about. We have to are first we're, first. we're gonna all, get into them.
0: Yeah. First of all, we gotta talk about Dank and Dabby.
1: Yes. Played by Chris Red and Betsy Sidero, uh, respectively. Yes. Um, who are both people who, in my opinion, are very talented, especially Betsy Sodero. I think she's a very funny person. Um, she's also big into podcasts and the U C B scene. She's very funny. Chris Redd, who's on Saturday Night Live, was very funny in the movie Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping. And they sadly are maybe the worst part of the entire show.
0: Yeah, I've only ever seen Betsy Sidero on Brooklyn Nine Nine, but she was hilarious in that show, and here she yes. is not hilarious.
1: Um, no, and this is one of the main criticisms we get into. Um, we can, we'll can we we'll get back to the failings within interpersonal relationships, but Dake and Dabby are um, a stoner couple who have a YouTube channel, which, of course, is just Chuck Lorre being like, oh, I know YouTube's a thing. And they, they are the most hyperactive, loud, and obnoxious people ever, and they smoke all the time. Mm-hmm. And once again, this goes back to Chuck Lorre must, must have never seen anybody smoke weed because weed does the exact, the diametric opposite of what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, stoners do not get hyperactive and loud. That's the opposite of what stoners do. The, t- the characters are just like at their very core. Like, okay, sure, you could have a stoner couple that has a YouTube channel, but he would be like the most chill channel ever. It would not yes, be and it's screaming from the couch about how great they like how great weed is,
1: you know. Yeah, and they, I mean, and it isn't something that's just wrong with Nick and Debbie. They get this wrong on every single measure. Um, they they make a lot of jokes about how oh, you know if you want to relax, smoke some weed. But when the characters smoke, they don't really relax. They they really get, and then also they imply that marijuana is a hallucinogenic and. It, it causes like insane memory loss, like not just the the you know short term memory loss that it gives you. Um, yeah, there's a segment there's people always, where people like, "Oh, are you? Am, are, are, am I seeing that, or am I just high?"
0: Yeah the the um for part one uh, there's like two there's like two big arcs, I guess, of the show. Well, the second arc really doesn't go anywhere. Oh yeah. But the first the one, arcs. Uh, they, they smoke, like, magic weed at the end, and they see, like, a
1: fucking, like, crazy 70s psychedelic Yeah, they vision. look at this green light bulb in the corner, and they start seeing, like, a kaleidoscope of imagination.
0: Yeah, and that's just, that's not what weed does. That's, that's not, it's not hallucinogenic. It does not cause visions. That's just nothing about that. And it, like, that's, the whole thing is... The intro of the show, they use Stoner, uh, what is it, Reefer Madness? Reefer Madness, the mm-hmm. f- famous movie that's like crazy weed propaganda from the 50s. They use that as like a joke, but they fall into the same stereotypes that, that movie did.
1: Yeah, and this is, I was I've, I was reading up um, a lot of other people's opinions on this show, and it, it kind of gets down to the point of... This is what Chuck Lorre does. Chuck Lorre does not care about making accurate depictions of any group or subculture on TV. What he cares about, because what we found out last night actually is, this man is 65.
0: Which is insane.
1: I actually thought he was a little younger. I thought maybe he was in mid-50s to late 50s. I did not think he was 65. What he likes to do, he did it with Two and a Half Men, he did it with Big Bang Theory, he did it with Disjointed. Disjointed is he likes to play to the stereotypes of people who are in his generation, of what what they see when they see people who are, like, stoners or nerds or weird playboy rich people, and he just makes that into a show, and it makes money because people of his generation will get behind it, and it's cheap and easy to make, and you can get, you know, any network who does it can get views off of it.
0: Yeah, it's, um... Chuck Lorre is like, he's a late boomer, I think, right? Like he was born in like the late fifties probably. So he's a, yes, he's a, a late stage boomer and he has the late boomer mentality. And like you said, he does not care about accuracy of, of depictions of people, which is not even like that important, I would say in a, in a comedy. But if you're trying to portray people in a way that actually would make sense, I guess, then it is. And this is not that. This is not close to what stoners are like. Just like how how Big Bang Theory is not close to how like scientists and nerds are. I'm not sure what the fuck Two and a Half Men is supposed to be about but it's probably wrong too.
1: Yeah. And and it even goes to show like, even in some of the ways that the show was written, that there's no caretaking at all. Like like you mentioned earlier, uh, it's, a, it's a Chuck Lorre show where they finally get to curse. But, and here's the thing, I'm all for cursing. Fuck. Shit. Damn, you know. Cunt. Yes, say all the curse words you want, but the cursing in this show is not only too over the top, but it's also painfully scripted to where you can hear that the, like, sometimes I can hear that these people don't want to say the thing they're about to say. Oh, yeah. Like, it is, like... One big example is Pete. I, I called him Peggy earlier. Pete is the character who grows uh, the marijuana for um, the dispensary, or at least their special strands or whatever. And whenever somebody like messes with his plants, he, is it shit fuck or fuck shit? It's shit fuck. Yeah, he's like, he just says, shit fuck. You've fucked shit up. You've fucked the shit. You've shit fucked. And I'm just like, wow. That is... That doesn't... Because I think, in my opinion, the best way to do vulgarity... Because you can do over-the-top vulgarity and it still be funny. The best way to do it, though, is to let the actors have some freedom. And... Because there's people out there who are really good at cursing. people You know, like... You know, people like... You know, Jonah Hill is a good example. Um, whenever he's in a movie, he, he can curse really well. Because you can tell that some of it is coming just from him personally. And it's not as scripted. But these are, like, scripted to the T moments. And it just... It's like nails on a chalkboard. Whenever I hear them get vulgar on that show,
0: I, I just want to point out real quick that that what what Seth just said that that you know fuck shit you 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 fuck shit or shit fucked or whatever that is like almost a direct quote from close to the end of the first part of the show when uh the the Asian character Jenny uh like messes with the weed by putting like weird stuff in the water. And, uh, Pete loses his mind at her, and yes, it sounds just as uninspired I mean, and boring as what Seth just said.
1: Yeah, I'm probably, I was probably w- almost 100% accurate as to what I just said to his reaction and stuff.
0: That's how sad, the, or how bad the writing yeah. is in the show is. And
1: you can kind of sum up how bad the writing of the show is from a moment that happens in, I, I think it's the, it's either the first or the second episode. Also, something that happens with Pete is, um, and they drop this, they drop this little thing entirely later in the show. But he like he's like watering the plants and he like talks to them in an Australian accent, um, which you know whatever that's a little character thing. I wasn't bothered by it. But then Kathy Bates walks in and is like, "Oh, are you doing that thing where you talk in an Australian accent?" And then Pete just says, "Isn't it weird that I do that?" And I was like, "That who is this for?
0: Who is watching this?" Yeah, it's like that's not a joke. That's that's nothing.
1: That's just a, no. a random incidental piece of dialogue. Yeah, my whole my whole opinion on the show can be summed up in the term or in the phrase, "What is the joke?" Mm. Yeah, because I don't get it. And let's not. There's oh, go ahead. ten hours of this show. I will solemnly, I will, I will swear there were about five times that I laughed.
0: Um, I'm a bit more generous than Seth uh, on that one. He is.
1: I almost kicked him off the
0: podcast because <laughs> how many times he laughed? I would say that every episode. Maybe has one chuckle, like maybe one delivered joke that's decent, and the rest of it though is just dreck. And I'm like, how do you get a hit to miss ratio that that that's that bad? Even for me, who I, like, as I said, is a lowbrow you know consumer uh, of when com- they talk comedy. about lowest common denominator, yeah,
1: and like television comedy, he is the guy.
0: If I'm not laughing at something, you can be sure it is truly terribly unfunny. Because I mean, I'm easy to please. This show did not please me. It did not. Yes. Most of the time, it could and not do it.
1: A big part of the show that is in a vacuum, actually very good, but used incredibly terribly, were the animations. Yeah. Every ep- every episode has at least one animation. Uh, at first, they focus on the character of Carter, but then they kind of branch out to other characters that are very beautiful obviously made by an animation department that really cares about the work they put out there and they always told a cool story and had good music and and they were unique it wasn't they at first i thought they were going to be all like kind of copy pasta Mm -hmm. but they were each one was very different from the last they used different styles different motifs everything and they are wrapped up in the shittiest fucking package ever to where i'm sure these animators won't get very good jobs you know
0: what let's talk about the character carter for a second
1: Yes, Carter um, is a big point to Car- this review.
0: Yeah, Carter is a weird character because Carter is a, a veteran of the Iraq War who is uh, working in security at the at the dispensary, and he has uh, he has PTSD, you know? Um, and this is, I mean, here's the thing, though. I think the PTSD aspects of Carter's character are done well and explore an interesting part of, you know, our veterans, but why the fuck are there so many serious moments like very special episode moments of this show about Carter's PTSD in a show where characters literally eat food looks like shit and make jokes that are bad like right afterwards the tonal dissonance of this show is insane.
1: yeah it's it's very off-putting. they uh, they really try to do that because um, there are shows these like a lot of 30 minute or half hour comedies whatever you want to call them these days are doing a, a cool um, thing where they are having an emotional um, core to them and can appeal to your emotions and but it's but that's this isn't the type of show where you do that like a good example is also on Netflix there's an incredible tel- a tel- incredible program called One Day at a time about uh, a family... I don't have to get into the plot it's about a family and actually the um, the lead of the show was an Iraq war veteran and has um, has some PTSD issues and that show, Almost every episode has a really emotional moment that touches you, but it fits with the show because it's about a family. They all care about each other. They all love each other, and it makes sense. Like you can, it, it's the kind of stuff that happens in an actual household. This show, there the the last couple episodes of this show, a fucking hydroponic machine mm. becomes Skynet. Yeah, I'm not you. If you're listening to this, you probably think I'm making this up. He is not, but I'm not. And listen, this also introduces the character Pete,
0: who is uh, a source of a lot of this pro- this, these tonal dissonance problems because his 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 character like plot in the first arc is that he gets a curse when it comes to growing weed, and he has a relationship with the living embodiment of marijuana, which is obviously fake. It's happening in his mind. It's not real. You know how show sitcoms and shows will have like fantastical moments that are just in characters' imaginings, right? And you're like, okay, sure. But then in the second part, the second part of this fucking show, the Biowave machine, as it's called, this weed-simulating, like, very cheap-looking prop, comes to life, and it is... Has a dumb Morgan
1: Freeman impressionist voice. The
0: worst Morgan Freeman impression. And... You're like, okay, so Pete's just hallucinating, I get it, fine, it's happening again. No, my friends, it is not a fucking fake thing. The third other character we never talked about, Tyquan Douglas. Tyquan Doug. Who's Michael Trucco, you may have known from Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Fell on some hard times after that show, apparently. uh, Confronts Pete and, and the Biowave in the last episode of the show, and the Biowave shocks him with... The worst-looking like lightning effect I've seen outside of like a fucking uh, uh, asylum film, and then you realize yeah. this shit is real. It's not our, in the context of the show. This is real. It's not Pete imagining things like a, like a child. No, it, this is really happening, and and this was a fit into the same show where. Every episode is about the, the, the Iraq war veteran has a flashback, and there are some amazingly good animations that show his life and his insecurities and the issues that come from, you know, being damaged, and that's coexisting with the sentient Morgan Freeman robot voice weed machine.
1: Yeah, and back to Carter for a second. The thing about Carter, and we've kind of agreed on this when we were watching it, is even though it's a bad show, you want to like Carter. hmm Carter, he's first of all, he's from Decatur in Georgia, which is you know home state. What up? So I wanna, I wanna like the guy because I want more people from Georgia to become big. You know, we can't just have outcast. You know, I, I wanna like him for that. I wanna like him because he actually represents something about the show that isn't just fucking stupid and completely inaccurate. But first, of all, like he he falls in the same trap as everybody else. He's not special. None of his dialogue is. Catered to him or to anybody else on the show, and he's completely fucking flat, Mm -hmm. like every other part of this goddamn show. And you know we've not talked about Kathy Bates too much,
0: and that's because there's not much to talk about. She does a a serviceable job. She does her fucking job, and you you can tell she's actually trying, which no one else. Okay, I think everyone else in the show is trying too, for the most part, but she's actually succeeding. Whereas yeah. no one else is, and Kathy, and even then, most of the time, I'm watching this show, I wasn't feeling Kathy Bates' character just because no, she's so poorly the character written. is bad.
1: Yeah, the character is very bad, and she also kind of falls into the the uh, trap of just being vulgar for vulgarity's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck this shit. Let's all have free blunts. Yeah, um, just random fucking stupid lines that she says, and and also you can kind of tell there are some episodes where you can tell. That Kathy Bates was just like I'm not coming to work today because she her scenes would be entirely separate from the other characters. There'd be like one other character in all of her scenes with her, but nobody else.
0: Kind of like uh, Henry Winkler in Arrested Development season four.
1: Don't. We're not we're not doing this today. We're not we're not talking about the. No. But, there's nothing wrong with that show that never will be.
0: No, no, I'm just saying um, like it was obvious <laughs> that sometimes he was not there. But here's the thing: I asked myself when this happens when Seth pointed out to me, I was like, "Man, what's Kathy Bates doing? With like, what, what's she up to?" And I was just like, "Oh right, she's Kathy Bates, whatever the fuck she wants to do, right?" Like, yeah, she's also she's awesome. I didn't
1: actually didn't know this until a coworker pointed it out. But apparently in in real life, Kathy Bates is a big medical marijuana proponent. That's probably why she decided to do this shitty fucking show. Yeah, and that, but it also sucks because. If I was a person who was like against
0: marijuana and I watched a show I'd be more against it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, this made me so sh- a pro marijuana person say maybe not, guys.
1: Yeah, I was like maybe maybe, maybe we should we should get
0: stricter. Yeah, maybe you know? we should fucking ban this shit if it may, if it's going to lead to fucking entertainment of this quality? No, fuck that. Ban but that shit. after
1: some rational thought, you realize we should just ban Chuck Lorre yeah. from ever making television shows again. You
0: know, we never finished one of the episodes like all the way to the end of the credits. Do you think he does that fucking annoying title card shit still?
1: Oh, God, I hope so. It has to I be. I hope that they're fucking in there and they're goddamn stupid about like the rest of them.
0: Our dad used to but read...
1: This man, this man acts like he has a hundred stories to tell. And he, he has like, basically about three. Yeah, they're all the fucking same. And um we were talking about... uh how Kathy Bates is a good actress on this show. And I would say that for the most part, most people on the show, they're not awful. It's mostly the writing. Um, they, they do a job. It's not a good one. It's not a terrible one. They don't have much to work with. But there is one actor on this show who is truly terrible. And it's the guy who plays Kathy Bates' son, Travis.
0: Oh my God.
1: In my opinion, this is just what I think. I think his biggest acting inspiration is David Schwimmer from season nine of Friends. <laughs> like at the point where Ross was just the most over the top, overacted character in television,
0: and he's starting there.
1: Yes, he delivers every line in not only this really annoying, high pitched voice, um, which you can tell isn't the actor's real voice, no, um, but he just he tr- he like oversells every single line. There's, there's, like, maybe one or two lines in the whole show where I'm like, okay, he appropriately acted that. Every other one is just like, but come on, guys! What's up? Now you like, s- holy shit. Unlike, Calm down.
0: Unlike Seth, I'm not willing to blame this entirely on the actor. I think that, first of all, he has some incredibly bad lines to read. And he does. And also, we don't know if maybe Chuck Lorre is on the other side of that fucking screen looking down at him being like, no, More! more travis yeah.
1: and i can and i can see that as a good argument because the same thing happened in my opinion happens with chris redd and betsy Sidero um because the like it, it kind of goes it kind of to how good of actors they actually are that they are able to because um, a lot of times when they do their lines they like laugh at the, the what the other one says mm-hmm. and i mean these are putrid lines that are incredibly unfunny and they they put up genuine laughs so they're very good actors but they are also, from what I believe, they must be forced to overact because those two are the biggest, probably the biggest offenders in the overacting category besides Travis.
0: You can tell that they wanted Dank and Dabby to be the Urkel of the show, like to show up and the audience is like, yay, all right. They wanted people to be wearing
1: Dank and Dabby t-shirts, yeah. you know?
0: And they're not. They're so fucking not because they're just, they're, they're, they're the fucking grating is what it is. Whenever
1: they're on the screen, I'm just like, wow, I'm about to watch... A couple of really funny people degrade themselves and just look like fucking idiots. All I can say is, I hope everyone that was involved in this shit, cast and crew alike, got paid because... I hope they were all paid generously. It is. Because goddamn, this had to be the most soulless and fucking depraved set to ever be on. Yeah, it's, it's fucking
0: bad. And we haven't... And there's so many things we haven't talked about, like Jenny, the Asian girl character, who pretty much her entire shtick, is that she's the Asian girl character?
1: No, literally. I mean, and this, I'm about to directly quote the show. Within the first two minutes of the show, so the intro of the show is them like actually showing off the dispensary in a YouTube video format, and when it gets up to the bud tenders, Jenny says, I'm the token Asian.
0: Mm. Hmm. Mm. And her mm. mom, who is playing this oh, yeah. incredibly stereotyped... incredibly vague
1: racism Go with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucked Go up. Ahead. It's fucked up. Like, she's playing this incredibly stereotyped Asian-American woman, Chinese-American, I guess, um, who is all into,
1: like, Eastern medicine and herbs and shit. And didn't you see on a different show she plays the exact same character? Yeah, I was watching Shameless. I think it's in season three. The same actress plays a character who, like, is all into Eastern medicine... And she even believes that it can cure a baby of Down syndrome. And, I mean, it's just, like, it's a a very
0: offensive, in my opinion. I mean, here's, I'm a white dude. What do I know? But, like, some of these jokes I was rolling my eyes at because they would have fit in, in a show about 10, 15 years ago. And now it's just, like, it's just tired. Like, I i don't give a shit about Asian person humor anymore. Like, yeah, using them as a...
1: on top of that,
0: go ahead. I say using them as the crux, the, the crux of the joke is terrible because a much, 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 much better show, The Good Place, has a character who is an Asian guy and they never once talk
1: about the fact that he's Asian or use it as a joke. He's a funny and character the, like, all on his own. The thing is, he starts out as being assumed to be a, uh, a monk. A stereotype, yeah. And that's, the only, that's really the only time that his race comes into it. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing is, they only do that because they flip it on its head. He's, You know, that that's a whole different show, though. He's a Florida um, man in that show, but yeah. What were you about to say? On top of all that, one thing that was incredibly offensive, in my opinion, is when Jenny finally gets her uh, animated segment. Mm-hmm. It's done like a chibi anime, which is fucking Japanese. And she is clearly Chinese because they mention it all the time. Yeah, they keep saying it. And it's just
0: like why I mean you couldn't have done anything else but anime it had to be the thing that you that you went with
1: yes and do you have anything else as far as just big points to make
0: uh, I was gonna say that the one other thing where the show goes into like way too serious territory which is just dumb and bullshit was in the second part Kathy Bates developed a relationship with a guy who I don't fucking know who he is I don't give a shit he's just some old white dude
1: He's been. He's a character actor. He's been in a couple of things I've seen.
0: Uh, interestingly enough, you know, she has a black son, but we never see her. You know, it's only white dudes in the show. Never see her interact
1: with a black person
0: because the whole isn't her son or Dank. The joke is that she has a black son. That's the that's the joke that Chuck Lorre thinks is funny. Is that which also she has in a black the first son.
1: episode they explain that her that uh, Travis's dad is a former Black Panther who became a corporate lawyer for a pharmaceutical company. And they explain it all in one line and never bring it back up. Oh don't worry, man, season two. Uh, part three. Mm hmm. But the thing
0: is is that in this in the second part of the show, uh um Ruth is and Kathy Bates is like, you know, hanging out with this dude. She has like she's like, you know, has a crush on him or whatever. And then he, he like cuts her
1: off entirely and they, you're, like, they're whatever. together for like we see them together for like two episodes, which must be ma- at maximum oh two weeks of time. Yeah. Probably one week. And then so she finally goes to confront
0: him about this at his house. And all of a sudden he breaks down and he's like, I'm dying. I have cancer. And you're like, oh, don't do this show. Don't do this. Not like this.
1: And Yeah, it was so overplayed. And that's even how the show ends. She mm-hmm. decides to go on a fucking road trip with this dude um, who's going to die. It was, And it was like they, they played it so seriously.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just awful. It's like... This is a comedy. Why is this happening in my in my in my stoner comedy
1: show? Uh, this is this is not this is bullshit. It's it's awful. Yes, the whole show is fucking bullshit. Um, just just to sum up, because I think we're almost done here. Um, oh, I want to give just a real sum- quick before you say that. Real quick. Oh, shout out to go Ken ahead.
0: Marino for giving it his all and being like one of the few good things in this show.
1: Being the only person besides Kathy Bates who acts circles around everybody else. Ken Marino yeah. is one of my all-time favorite actors. So, it, like, kind of, kind of, summon things up. The show fails one as a just a fucking TV show because the characters are every single character is flat. Um, their relationships mean nothing. There's even like one moment that really, really pissed me off was in the second part. There's like this storyline where Olivia, who's one of the bud tenders, she like goes to work with Kim Marino in Florida or wherever it is, and like one day travis comes in and mentions her and everyone's like oh is olivia coming back is olivia coming back oh miss olivia and i'm just like do you mm-hmm. do you actually miss her because i don't feel like any of you are like
0: real friends there, there really weren't there was no indication this character any chemistry whatsoever it just felt like they, like, were they flat. all just work together yeah there was never there were no there were no like the only characters that ever had any kind of relationship that i believed in were fucking uh, uh pete, Taekwondo, and Taekwondo, and Doug. pete because they at least had an arc together and acted differently around one another it, yes. it was it was stupid and facile but it was something you know yes so it fails on that front
1: you um,
0: know, if Ginny if and Travis are in a scene, they would just like drift across the screen together, say some lines, and that would be it. There's just they they would never like act differently or have any kind of like uh, like chemistry, and it's just like, come on, guys, that's the most basic thing you could do in a fucking TV show.
1: Yeah, and they spark up. There's a romance between Ginny and Carter, which I could literally give less than zero fucks about. They never, I don't mm. have any I don't have any belief that any of these characters would ever be romantically interested in each other.
0: It started in one episode and that's the whole arc of their romance started in one episode and carried on throughout of it, but I mean the, the from interest to relationship happened in one episode.
1: Yeah, there wasn't any like you know uh cookie c- cookie crumbs or bread me, crumbs, me whatever cute. you want to call it. There's no clues or anything. No. It just happens.
0: And it wasn't the first episode. It was much later in the show. Ginny was like, I want me a piece of that. And just, yep. that's how that's how it happened. Oh, one more shout out real quick. I'm sorry. Go I keep ahead. doing this. to one other good thing in the show. And that was Cheryl... Um, Cheryl, the woman who uh, uh, knew the truth about how the government uh, is tracking you with your money and putting secret microchips in your in your children's uh, brains to control them, and how she knew the Trilateral Commission is picking the president. So I just wanted to oh, give yeah, her a big shout out. Oh, yeah, she gets one of the out. best
1: animations of the whole show.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, but, yeah, so some of so the show for us, Seth.
1: Yeah, so it fails as a show because of the characters not really having any uh, value to each other. It fails as a comedy because it's not funny. It's in fact, it is probably the definition of painfully unfunny. Um, and oh, also we didn't mention the show has a laugh track, mm-hmm. and I mean they are they are liberal with it. They literally play it after almost every line.
0: And no studio audience actually have made. Yeah, that no laugh studio track.
1: audience. It is a laugh track, and it is bad. Like there are almost no funny moments. So yeah, fails as a show. Fails as a comedy, and. I mean it just it fails as entertainment because um, like I said it did start out where we were like hey let's watch this as a fucking joke and it's so bad that we can make jokes about it but by the end of it I'd literally gotten so fucking tired that the show wouldn't play by its own rules it wouldn't play by anyone else's rules it it just did whatever because it was a it had to be a dumb paycheck for everyone involved because no one there was no care no craft No artistry put into any part of the show, except for the animations, which were great. Um, And that's just it. The show is fucking bad, and I don't think anybody should watch it even on a hate watch or a so-bad-it's-good watch. Dude, it even failed at its fucking Cheech and Chong cameo.
0: Like oh yeah I totally forgot
1: they put Cheech and Chong in this fucking show and wasted their goddamn time. Cheech and Chong are uh the definition of
0: cheap heat when it comes to stoner comedy and you couldn't even get me excited to see Cheech and fucking Chong. I, I, it just it I can't get over how fucking bad the show was and how I mean I guess Netflix is trying to put out like more comedies because they have so many dramas. This is not the way to go Netflix. This All is right, bad.
1: Sh- should we give it a rating, you think?
0: Yeah, let's, let's give it a rating in blunts. How many blunts would you give to, uh, to fucking Disjointed?
1: Out of how many? I mean, let's, let's say it's a, a, a scale of five. How about we do it out of 420? Because my answer's gonna be the same either way. Okay, cool. Zero? Zero? Zero blunts out of 420.
0: Mine's gonna be uh, uh 69 out of 420. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, it's it's I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, I I laughed a couple times maybe throughout the entire series, maybe one maybe once per episode. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a two. I'm gonna give it a two blunts out of four hundred and twenty. Two out of four hundred and twenty, which is still a
1: ridiculously low and failing score for this putrid mess of a show.
0: I'm thinking back on my last, but I'm also thinking back on the discussion we've just had, and I feel worse that I laughed of this show. It's Yeah. It's but also the, terrible. the
1: worst part is if they do make more, I'm probably gonna have to watch it.
0: Oh, for sure. We will definitely do a second bonus episode where we review the next the next uh disjointed season for sure. So here's
1: hoping it does not get renewed. All
0: right. um, Well, that's it for us, folks. This has been the Millennials Podcast. This has been our second bonus episode. Um, Just, uh, hey, if you like the show, let people know. Um, You can always tweet about it, tweet our our links to people, put it it on the Discord server. Yeah, Discord, shit, talk to us. Like, hey, yeah. say, hey, we, we fucking like the show or some shit. I have controversial views about Daniel Day-Lewis and P.T.
1: Anderson, so come at me.
0: That's true, he does. Um, and again, I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at MCSurf. That is uh, M-C-S-E-R-F. Uh, and then uh, Seth is over there on Twitter at... Uh...
1: Yeah, um, go to his Twitter and then just find, like, a tweet that he's added me in and just follow me there. It's at Life of Seth. Yeah, he's
0: he, he has uh occasional interesting thoughts, and uh, that's it, everybody. Um, we'll see y'all all next week. Oh yeah,
1: later.